Keith Niebuhr has taken a chance to chat with us here on the program today. Keith, we certainly do appreciate the time. How's your day going so far? Yeah, it's going it's going good, man. If you're getting excited about me, I got we got to up your uh, your your caller <laughs> exactly. list, man. I mean, come on. I mean, Lee, goodness gracious. Yeah, no, we're, we're fired up. Yeah, no, everything's good. I mean, just trying to you know get your arms around Auburn recruiting right now because. You know, we interview kids, it's all about what's going on right now, where things are right now. Well, right now we know who the coaching staff is. We know who's on the coaching staff. But, in it, you know, in two weeks it could change. So it's uh, it's it's it's, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting for us. It's interesting for you guys. It's interesting for everybody listening, all the fans, and especially the recruits as they try to figure out, you know, what's the future of Auburn football look like and who's going to be the captain of the ship. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because at SEC Media Days, I recall Brian Harson saying, just watch in terms of what his message to recruits would be yeah. for this upcoming season. And in so many ways, and not the reason he was probably alluding to there with the Media Days event, it is important to just watch, Keith, because it does feel like there's this like cloud of uncertainty surrounding the future of this program. Yeah, and that's the, the phrase I use, the cloud of uncertainty. You know, I don't want to be overly critical of of the words they choose, but I might have taken a different tack. Now, if they genuinely thought that they were going to have a good team, that's one thing. But, you know, most of the coaches in the SEC didn't think they were going to be that good. I mean, they were picked to finish the coaches and the media, right? I think one or, one or both picked Auburn to finish last in the West. So I think when people, uh, impartial people, looked at the roster, they weren't overly impressed. Um, and so maybe the, a different tack might have been, hey, look, it's a rebuilding job instead of just watch. But, I mean, it's easy to go back. He was probably trying to, to fill his team with some confidence to make them feel a little bit better about themselves. And sometimes that works out. Sometimes it backfires a little bit. And this time it's backfired a little bit. Not not hugely backfired in the sense that, yeah, it's just a catchphrase. But, uh, you know, what you, you know, I think one of the bigger things is that we were told behind the scenes, Auburn felt like, hey, if they have a really good season, they could have a really good recruiting class. The only problem with that is that sometimes you can paint yourself into a corner. Okay, well, what happens if you don't have a really good season? You know, are, wh- what does that mean? Does that mean that's the only way you're going to have a good recruiting class? If, if you do well, because, you know, it's you're not always going to do well. So, you know, I don't know. So just the choice of words might have been a little bit different looking back. But hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously. And Keith, with them being so far behind, we've still seen them trickle in some commits uh, here despite the loss. And I want to ask you about uh, a four-star guy, Clay Whedon out of Tampa. Uh, This this position group, the offense line, has been probably the most criticized group, not only on the field product this year, but also just recruiting-wise the last few cycles. So talk about what Clay Whedon can bring and the other guys they're looking at. Well, look, here's a couple of truths. Auburn's offensive line is not what it needs to be. And, and you go back to the, the 2017 class was really the last class where Auburn signed a, a really strong O-line class, at least on paper. And even that group, uh, two of the three guys, actually all three of them started, but one of them was Calvin Ashley, five-star tackle, who transferred out of the program. The other two were Nick Brahms and Austin Troxel, who, who unfortunately had a lot of injuries to deal with, although Brahms started, you know, 35, 40 games, something like that. But, uh, you know, here's the thing. You're, you're going to be replacing a lot of guys off this off this offensive line. There's going to be guys that are are just done. They're, they're out of eligibility. Brahms retired, but you lose that spot. Austin Troxel's going to be gone. So there's going to be a bunch of guys, six, seven of your probably top eight or nine guys. So you're going to have to replace them. However, I don't think Clay Wheaton's a guy that's going to be going to be in the rotation next year. I think he's truly a developmental guy. Of the three high school guys that they have committed – 
center, Braden Joyner, Clay Wheaton, who could play tackle or guard, and uh, Janoris Wilson, who could play tackle or guard. I really think Janoris Wilson is the one that would have the best chance of being in the 2D rotation next year. So even though you're thin there, even though you're losing a lot of guys, I'm not sure Whedon's a guy. You know, he's playing a smaller school level in Florida. He's got a lot of growth, a lot of development ahead of him. I mean, that, that could be a two-, three-year deal before he sees the field. That's okay. So if you're Auburn, what you're doing is you're recruiting out of three different ponds this year at the offensive line position uh, position group. You got, you're going to take four or five guys out of high school because you've got to build for the future, not necessarily starting next year. Then you're going to take two, three, maybe even four junior college guys. Those guys you'll want to all be pushing for starting jobs and in the, the two-deep rotation next season. And then after that, two to three guys out of the portal. Uh, the transfer portal you're going to hope hopefully get if you're Auburn because that, you're going to need guys to play right away. So you've got to build a team for next year, but you have to, and that's what you do with the portal and the JUCO guys, and you have to build a program for the future. Build a team, build a program. Two different things. Uh, but Whedon, to me, again, a little bit of a, I don't want to say project, but eh, that's probably not a terrible word. I think there's a negative connotation to that. He's just a developmental guy. He's going to need some work. Keith, I want to look now at Auburn's current commitment list. Is yeah. uh, one yeah. of their four-star running back commits, Jeremiah Cobb. He he he's been committed to Auburn, but this weekend he took a visit to Georgia and he he got an offer from the University of Georgia. Should Auburn fans be worried about this at all? Yeah, I'm going to have a little bit more on the site, so I can't can't give everything away. Understandable. <laughs> we still have to pay our bills. Unfortunately, I hate to do that, but no, but I, yeah, absolutely because. And I know Auburn feels pretty good about keeping him in the class. In fact, they feel really good. He's, he's super tight with the running backs coach, Cadillac Williams. But again, that's as of today. We don't know, you know, we don't know what the future holds. We don't know who the head coach is going to be. And if there is a new head coach, will any of the assistants be back? And if so, which ones? There's so many unknown variables, right? What we know is Georgia's winning at an unprecedented rate over there by their, by their historical standards, okay? Uh, we know that Georgia has sent a lot of guys to the NFL at the running back position. We know they already have one running back committed this year, uh, the Roderick Robinson kid out of San Diego, who's having a big season, and they want a second back. Uh, and we know that they offered Cobb, but they also are after Justice Haynes, who's currently committed to Alabama. Uh, he's a Georgia legacy, however. So those would be the two guys to watch if there's any Georgia fans at all listening. Those are your two running back targets. And if you're Auburn, you cannot afford to lose Jeremiah Cobb because you may only find one running back in this class and, and maybe take a guy out of the portal if you can later on just to add experience. But you got to have one. You're probably going to lose Tank Bigsby, let's be honest. And then you've got Jarquez Hunter and Jamari Alston um, and a couple guys behind them that really haven't played much. Uh, but you need a, you need three quality backs at all times. And, you know, Jeremiah Cobb's had a heck of a season. This potentially could be his third straight 2,000-yard uh, year. Uh, you know, Del McGee, uh, the Georgia running back coach, former Auburn player, uh, if he pushes, it's going to get interesting. I don't think there's any question about that. I don't care what anybody says about him being solid. You, you know, a running back is going to listen to Georgia from this neck of the woods. This neck of the woods being the southeast. It's just, just the way it is. So yes, it's a concern. Doesn't mean they're going to lose them. Um, you know, obviously if Cadillac isn't part of the staff, that changes the dynamics. If he is, that you know, there's again, there's too many unknown variables. That's what's making the job a little challenging right now for all of us. Me, you. Uh, and the coaching staff, too. Looks like Brian Harson will continue throughout the year and will finish the year as Auburn head coach. But but something we've heard from callers as a, as a 
reason of concern, something they wanted, uh, one of the reasons yeah. they wanted him fired earlier was to keep a class together. But Keith, obviously with this class so far behind, how much validity is is there to that given that Auburn only has 11 guys? I know they're working on a bunch of other guys and there's always unknowns with coaching turnover, but what kind of validity is there to removing a guy in the middle of the season just overall for, for a recruiting class? Let me just say this. So even though Auburn only has 11 commitments, they may only sign 20 total, around 20. And I can't give you an exact number because they don't know it. Uh, and they don't know how many numbers, how many guys they'll take out of the portal because they don't know how many guys are going to leave, how many guys they're going to ask to leave. Guy transfers, guy leaves early for the NFL, guy gets hurt, can't ever play again. There's a lot of unknowns, right? But we think around 30 total, high school, JUCO, portal. Well, that means probably about 20 in the high schools and junior colleges. So you got 11 now. So if Arson stayed, let's say, and you kept all 11 of the guys you have right now, you may only need five or six more uh, for the December signing period, get you 15, 16, 17, and maybe three or four in February. So if you look at it that way, that's attainable. Okay, then you'd have to hit, hit the portal hard to fill in all the blanks. Now, this year you don't have to sign only 25. You can defer. There's a two-year waiver from the NCAA. You can sign as many as you want. You just can't go over the 85 total limit. Okay, so if you have 35 openings, you can sign 35 guys. Now, again, we don't know what the number is going to be. So I don't think the the 11 number is that scary, quite frankly, uh, because again, can Auburn pick up five or if these guys stay, can they pick up five, six? more commitments between now and, and mid-December? Of course they can. I mean, you know, of course. That's that's perfectly within reason. Uh, and then a few more, you know, in February, and that's perfectly within reach as well. So I don't think that's the big concern. I think the bigger concern is that of the 11 guys right now, I think you can make a case that 9 or 10 of them, Auburn was their best option. Now, that doesn't mean they can't play. That doesn't mean these guys aren't going to be good. But you're just not seeing Auburn win the recruiting battles that we saw five, six, seven years ago, and then for the three decades prior to that. You just don't see that anymore. Uh, so who did you win in this cycle? Jeremiah Cobb, you, you legitimately beat out Clemson, but now Georgia's involved. Uh, Janoris Wilson, uh, offensive tackle from Lakeland, you beat out North Carolina. Other schools are starting to jump in the mix, though. They're going to push for him, too, uh, and obviously bring up the uncertainty at Auburn and all that stuff. So that one could get interesting. So those are your major concerns, just holding on to what you have. But now, that's if you're this staff. If you're a new staff, if, if these guys are let go, I mean, we have to explore all hypotheticals. Uh, and if I'm going on and on, forgive me, everybody. I hope I'm making any sense at all here. But if you have to replace these guys and a new staff comes in, how many of these 11 commitments would you keep? Would you even would you would would you still be able to sign 15, 16, 17 in December? Uh, again, more unknowns. A new staff may come in, take a look at the 11 commitments, and and by the way, we saw this at Florida last year, and they kind of cut some guys loose. I mean, they didn't want all the guys, and a new coach may not want all these guys. You don't take guys just to take guys. It's a long term project. Got um, yeah, most of these guys, most true freshmen wouldn't be able to help you right away anyway. Most of them, so. You know, you gotta you gotta do some real hard critiquing of of your commitments. It's it's not just will the commitments like the new coaches. It's will the new coaches like the commitments. So there's all kinds of things going on. New assistant coaches may have guys that they were that they had their teeth sunk into that would that would flip. Um, you know, uh, I, I'll tell you one thing that that concerns me. Auburn doesn't have a quarterback in this class. And from what I've seen out of the quarterback position, I think they need a quarterback in this class. And now you're talking about it almost being November. Um, and so I don't know if they're going to if they're going to take one. To be honest with you, I think a new coach comes in, 
and probably takes one and then maybe another one out of the portal, quite <laughs> frankly. More so, things to follow, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's so there's so much to kind of shake out here. Um, you know, uh, it's just hard to get your arms around it all. So you just, you know, you know, you just try to kind of follow it day by day. They're still in it with a lot of guys. They're still in it with the two kids over at Montgomery Carver, the five-star defensive lineman. They're in it with four-star edge Reuben Bain out of Miami Central. Also, Auburn's primary collective on to victory with Brett Whiteside as the executive director. Apparently, they're raising a lot of money, and they're going to keep Auburn in the game with a lot of guys. But, you know, NIL, what you don't want it to be is something that keeps you from getting guys. But even if you have it, and it's great, it, it may not just get you guys. you still got to have the relationships. you still got to be able to develop people. You still uh, Kids still want to play for winning teams. But it can help you. It can help you. There's no question about that. So uh, a lot to shake out. Make sure you follow all of his work online on Twitter at On3Keith. Keith Niebuhr, our guest here on the program. And we saw online, Keith, it looks like you've got yourself a Christmas Day tea time booked at Pinehurst. What excites you about that trip, man? Well, you know, so I used to take my mom on a, uh, I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me, but I used to take my mom somewhere for Christmas every year because she would do all this stuff and then my brother and sister would always go and invariably go do their own thing. So it would always be me and her anyway. So we started going on trips, Tahoe, Oregon, the Carolinas. Well, she passed away a few months ago and I just said, you know what? I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep going somewhere for Christmas. I'm single. Uh, Pinehurst has some really good deals, by the way. If you don't mind playing when it's 45 degrees, <laughs> and I don't. I played, I played in Scotland. Uh, I, I love it. I love it. You know, look, you're walking, you're moving, so that 45 feels like 55. Right, but they've got a pretty good deal. I'm going to get to play three courses over three days, um, and uh, have all the meals taken care of on Christmas. I'll be the the guy sitting alone in the lodge <laughs> where there's while well, there's a bunch of families around, you know. All um, while thinking about your mom. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that's well, really fun. I, 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 you know, I, I'll be thinking about my golf round probably for being totally. <laughs> but but, uh, but yeah, so Christmas morning, eight thirty-five tea time on Pinehurst number two. You know, that's kind of a bucket list course. And, and I always tell people, if you go out, and I'm going on and on, forgive me, but you get me talking about golf and it's over. Uh, if you go out uh, off-season to these places, all of a sudden they become a lot more affordable. And it makes a huge difference. I mean, I'm not paying $500 to play Piners, but you cut that in half or a third, and I'll consider it. And that's, you know, you go in December, and it's a third of the normal rate. So it's perfect. What's the one course you still want to get to? That you've well, never I mean, been I, before. I mean, yeah, you know, Augusta. I've never been to the Masters. I never get picked, and it's funny. I got picked for the British Open this year, the 150th British Open. I won the lottery. I got the lottery. I mean, I've been to three British Opens. I've been to a U.S. Open, but I've never, I've never been to Augusta. That would be fun. I've played now playing. I think I've played eight courses with me that have hosted majors. Pebble and St Andrews. I've both played. Haven't played Augusta, obviously. Um, what would I like to play? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. Shinnecock, maybe? That's a good Something one. like that. Beth, Beth Page. I played Torrey Pines, and it's really fun because, you know, it's right on the ocean, but it's not as pristine as, like, these other places. It's public. It's a public course. What clubs are you, you know? playing, Keith? Uh, Mizuno. Uh, they're player improvements, but they're Mizuno uh, hot medals. Hot metal, so. We could talk golf yeah. for days. Yeah, we could switch it up from oh, yeah. recruiting from time to time, too. Oh, yeah. This is great. Hey, I do want to give you an opportunity. Tell us a little bit. Yeah. The recruiting shows have been so much fun with you and, and Jeffrey Lee over there at Auburn Live. How could folks get plugged in? Yeah, well, if you go to our YouTube page, and you know, not everybody wants to subscribe. I will tell you this. We have 50% off subscription rate right now, and if there is a coaching change made, you're going to want to join because yeah. there's going to be daily info. But 
Uh, you know, not everybody wants to pay, and we get that. So on our YouTube page, which is just Auburn Live, you just type in Auburn Live and you'll find it. We put up a lot of free stuff, and including a lot of uh, recruiting shows inside the 20s, the main one. And uh, that's every Monday and Wednesday. But we, we have five shows a week. So, you know, again, for people that, you know, not everybody, you know, can afford yeah. to join a website. We understand that. So, uh, but just, just check out our YouTube page, and, and it's all right there. You can watch it on your phone and or listen yeah. or whatever. Be sure to subscribe yeah. as well. That's good stuff. Keith, yeah. thank you so much for the time today. We'll talk again oh, yeah. soon, okay? Yeah, yeah, take care, everybody.